Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Welcome, everybody, to Dr. Connie's House Calls to our February show. February, as you know, is the month of love, and we have the love doctor here today, in addition to the White House doctor, but we're going to introduce her in a while here. But first of all, let me, let me do a couple of things to welcome you on board. I think of February, and I think of Valentine's Day now, and how we celebrate it and the people who are meaningful to us. And I always like starting off with my honorable mentions. So for the month of February, Valentine's Day, I, I always think of my beloved husband, John, who passed away in July of last year. He has his birthday coming up, February 21. He would have been 64. And a year ago on February 21, <clears throat> he was in studio here with me at Voice America Network. And it was his last show that he did with me. And we talked about the power of partnership, the power of having a great relationship and a great marriage. And we used some of those excerpts from his show, that show with me in his celebration of life. And it was amazing. It was so great to have it. So to my beloved John, happy birthday up there in heaven, your first birthday up there. And your angelversary is coming in July, but February 21 is your special day. And it's special to me here because I celebrate the, the physical life you had with me. For the other people in my life, I celebrate and am grateful for the love of my family, my sons, Andrew and Jason, my daughter-in-love. I don't call them in-law. I call them daughters-in-love, Erin, who is a wonderful wife to my son, Andrew, and a great mother to my adorable grandkids. Obviously, I'm not biased. Uh, Addie, Alex, and Aubrey, and to my future daughter-in-love, Aaliyah, who will marry my son, Jason, in July. So lots of really great things to look forward to for my family and for me. I'm also sending love to my brother, Angel, my sister, Lori, Lori's wife, Valerie, in California, and my large extended family in California and in the Philippines. And I can't do a Valentine's Day without thinking about my soul sisters, and, and really, I, I call them my, my gal pals. And I have in studio with me Dr. Julian A., who I'll introduce in the next segment, and she's one of my soul sisters, definitely one of those dear, dear friends who not only professionally but personally has been so good to me and instrumental in my growth and good for my soul. And maybe that's, that's how we look at people who are truly special to us. They touch our lives, but even more, they touch our souls. That's somebody who brings out the best in you. And I think Dr. Julie does that, and she's been such a great help to all the patients that she sees, but especially to me as a friend. So we're going to interview her on the latter part of the show. But my other gal pals are out there, and they know who they are. And I actually, when I bought some cards last week, they had cards for Galentine's Day. So I'm actually having dinner. I had dinner uh, last week on the day before Valentine's Day with my friend Ananda and Shelly, and we celebrated Galentine's Day for girls who are just good friends. So I'm reflecting now on the importance of friendships. I'm going to bring that up, too, in this talk because there are different types of love. There's love of your family, of your, of, of your friends. There's self-love, which I think is very important. People used to think, oh, that's selfish, that's egotistical. It's not. It's healthy. And we can talk about that later, about the importance of loving yourself and caring for yourself. But it's important to have love of friends and friendships – are vital to our survival. And for me, over the last seven and a half months, I could not have survived losing my husband had it not been for my amazing friendships who, who reach out to me and make sure that I, I continue to move on. I, it comes to mind, too, I love different signs. I love license plates. And where I live now, I share a parking garage with a bunch of amazing people. And my neighbor, Trudy Hammond, who's celebrated her birthday this month, has a cute little car, and her license plate is B N Love. So it's the letter B as in Bravo, N as in November, and the word love, B in Love. And every morning when I go to my car, I pass her car, and I see that license plate, B in Love. And it's about having love in your heart, always be in that frame of mind. And I thought, what a wonderful greeting for me every morning, an intention to set is just to be in love with life, 
be in love with what you do. If I can't have the love of my life here, I can love the people around me and I can love what I do. I think I love what I do for a living. People ask me after losing your husband, you never have to work again. They tell you all that and you're 65. You had your birthday last month. What are you going to do? You're going to retire? I said, well, I'm still young. God willing, my mind still works. I can still see patients. I can communicate. I have a contribution to make. And I love what I do. And so you keep doing that. Be in love with what you do. In addition to Trudy out there having birthdays, my friend Lisa Scaglione had a birthday this month. And I, happy birthday to her. She's another soul sister, another hide-the-body friend. And we have a special sisterhood, which we call the Shovel Sisters, on my birthday she gave me this little this little pin that she has one as well and and she calls us shovel sisters and what does that mean it, i i used to say hide the body if if you wanted to off somebody and i believe it or not i actually gave this talk to the women at Perryville prison if you wanted to eliminate somebody you'd only include in that in that scheme five people or fewer you know, your your number of true friends are you can fit it in the the number in your hand so I call them the hide-the-body friends. If you wanted to off somebody, you'd only get five people or fewer involved to get the truck, the weapon, the shovel, and, and then cover for you, right? So only a few people. And she's one of my hide-the-body gal pals. And so she has that shovel. And she also says to do the heavy digging, to be there in the rough times, to look out for you. And the sad thing, and, and, and very poignant, is the shovel when you die that we're there to bury you and put you in a final resting place. And you always count on us in the really tough times when you shovel manure, you shovel gold, you shovel whatever, you call your shovel sisters. And I just love that. And so she wore that special pin and gave me a pin as part of my shovel sisters. And then so we don't leave the guys excluded. I have birthday greetings this month to two men who share my husband's birthday, Rob Harden, who John has known for over 35 years, his financial advisor, dear friend in Houston, and Michael Kaiser, who's a dear friend of ours in Colorado and in Arizona. So happy birthday to all of you, dear people. So let's talk about love, 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 love. And this is a great topic. Songs are written about it. Books are written about it. Everybody is looking for it. And I talk to my medium friends. I talk to my psychic friends. I talk to my spiritual friends. And in the end, what is left is love. That is what we all seek. That is the ultimate medicine that cures everything, is love. So as I mentioned, I, I, we talk about self-love. And it's healthy. It's not being selfish. It's not negative. Everybody could use some self-love. And you have permission to love yourself. And, and it's part of your growth. It, it isn't being egotistical. It isn't being vain. It's because you respect yourself. You respect what you stand for, the people who created you, the God who created you. So it builds your self-esteem. It keeps you from doing self-destructive things. When people say your body is a temple, you know, you honor your body. You don't do bad things to your body and take in toxins and poison it and, and put it through experiences that are harmful. You respect your body. The other loves we have are uh, obviously our parents, our siblings, our friends, our blood relations. And then we have love in romance, you know, the, the excitement of romance and passion. And then when you finally meet somebody or some buddies in the end who are you marry and want to have long-term relationship, it's the love of marriage. But even the love of marriage goes through cycles. It's the ex initial excitement, the hormones, the passion, and then true love. It settles into a, a deep, loving friendship, which I think in a lot of ways you go from love of the physical to love of the spiritual or the soul. That's where we're going to talk about soulmates. But then always embracing this is your love of friends. You're so blessed with people you love in different ways. And I'm really blessed. I have friendships everywhere who will reach out of the blue and call me and go, how are you doing? You know, what's going on? And, and we look at the benefits as physicians. The patients who don't do well, who don't live long, are the ones who are lonely, who have no social support, don't belong to anybody, who are single, don't, don't interact well. I mean, they really suffer. When you look at the benefits of being loved and having a loved one and being married and being in a healthy relationship, we see a lot of benefits. Number one, 
the Health and Human Services find that people who are in healthy relationships take better, take better care of themselves. Your, their spouses keep them honest about their health. Their best friends look out for them. So they actually have fewer doctor's visits, right? Fewer doctor's visits. And they have good habits because their spouse or partner says, hey, listen, let's, let's exercise. Let's eat healthy. Let's not smoke. Let's, not do, let's do all these healthy things. They have fewer illnesses. These people who have healthy relations have fewer depression rates, lower depression rates, less substance abuse. They, the HHS report says that getting married and staying married reduces depression in both men and women. Hypertension, lower blood pressures in people who are happily married. Interestingly, unhappily married people have higher blood pressure. Now, it doesn't mean you have high blood pressure, you have a bad marriage. It just means that a lot of people who are unhappy tend who are happily, unhappily married tend to have higher pressures. Less anxiety if you have a loving relationship. Natural pain control, you're better able to tolerate physical pain. Less likely to complain of headaches and back pain if you've got the endorphin support of a loving spouse. Better stress management. You come home, you share with your spouse, you unload, they sympathize, you have somebody share that to validate. You have fewer colds, you have faster healing time. And for someone like me who looks at longevity, these people live longer. You have a happy relationship. They, they overcome the loneliness. Loneliness is associated with higher mortality. So if you're happily married, you have a great relationship, you live longer. And then I also wonder, well, what about your friends? Because I look at couples now, and I, I'm very attuned to couples when I see them walking because I'm all by myself. And I say, sooner or later, God forbid, you both go at once. One of you is left behind. One of you is left behind. And I talk to my women patients, and I, when they'll come and complain about their husbands, I said, you know, give various ways of what to do and, you know, seek the help of psychologists and, and life coaches to help them. And I said, you got to put things in perspective. I said, sooner or later, one of you is left behind. Don't let the little things irritate you. Let it go. I mean, you're not going to change it. Love, accept what you can't. Pick your battles, but let the little things go. Because sooner or later, those little annoyances, you're going to miss those. You're going to miss them a lot. But what about our friends that stay true blue to us all these times? And you can change friends. The friends you had in high school, you outgrow them perhaps. You have different friends in different stages of your life and different parts of your career. Your friends change. But friendship is vital not only for happiness and emotional health, but it's physical health that's important. They are our key to very, our very survival. They affect our physical health. We have studies have shown that friends improve our cardiovascular health. They help our immune system. It impacts our sleep. We can share feelings with them. They alleviate stress. There's a sense of belonging. I think my gal pal therapy is wonderful for me. Get out and have lunch or dinner with your gal pals. You can share. They can commiserate. You can laugh with them. They keep you humble. They put things in perspective. Uh, all the benefits that we enjoy. One of the studies at Harvard followed a group of men, a cohort of men, cohort of men from ages 20 to 80. And from the Harvard study, the single best predictor of health and happiness at the age of 80 was not their wealth or professional success, but was the quality of their relationships at age 50. So age 50 was important, but look at what happened is what kind of friends you had from those ages on, that will determine how happy you are in the years ahead. And then you look at, well, what makes for a good friendship, right? What, what, what does it take? Well, I think it's being positive. You know, it's somebody who's positive in your life, it makes you feel good. Long-lasting friendships that are stable, that there is reciprocity. It isn't always giving and take. It's always it, you give and take. There's cooperation. A little give and take's okay. And you rely on each other. You depend on them, and they're dependable. One of the studies that, that confirms my belief that the number of close friends is you can, you know, count on your one hand, is most people have an average of four really close friends, right? Hide the body friends. Got to have some chemistry there. You, you got to be drawn to these people, enjoy being with them. Similar interests help. You enjoy spending time with them. They lift you up. They appreciate you. They, they share your worldview. The, they, I always believe that your true friends raise you up. They allow you to be the best you can be. So think of those things as your true friends, but also the people who love you and your soulmates. They allow you or encourage you, inspire you to be the best you can be. So with that, I'm going to pause for a quick break and you'll come back and I will introduce you to one of my dear friends 
soul sister, and somebody who helps me the best I can be, Dr. Julia Nay. So stay tuned on Dr. Connie's House Calls for our February show on love and friendship. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the President of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano. This is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's one 888 346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. February is the month of love. It's the month of Valentine's Day, and I hope you all had a wonderful Valentine's Day this month, whether it be celebrating with your friends, your gal pals, your 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 buddies, your family members, or the one you love. I just, that's what I wish for all of you is true love. And so I have a special guest on my show, someone who's been on my show. This will be her fourth time. She wins the prize as my most popular guest. And my guest is Dr. Julie Anne. And Julie is a licensed clinical psychologist. She's an eating disorder expert and the founder and clinical director of A New Beginning, Arizona's premier outpatient specialty center where the full recovery of all eating disorders takes place of anorexia, bulimia, binge binge eating disorder, and emotional eating, where that happens, where that is possible. She's also the co-founder and clinical director of The Healthy Way Out, an innovative treatment program that helps emotional and binge eaters fully resolve the underlying root causes of their problematic relationships with food so they never have to diet again. And Dr. Julie's been on the show with me many times where we've talked about how diets don't work. They don't. I tell people, you know, they, well, what kind of diet? They don't work. They're not going to work. So she recently launched a one-of-a-kind online educational community entitled Circle of Hope, where members from all around the world receive Dr. Julie's unique brand of education support to end emotional and binge eating for life. Isn't that amazing? Unbelievable. In 2018, she was invited to join the esteemed faculty of Mayo Clinic School of Medicine, where she serves as a consultant and guest lecturer in the area of eating disorders for the medical students of Scottsdale's Mayo Clinic School of Medicine. Lastly, she's a seasoned marriage therapist who loves helping couples step into a space of emotional intimacy within the relationship and to help couples regain a lost sense of joy and fulfillment in their coupleship. So welcome, Dr. Julie. Welcome to our show to talk about love. It is always a pleasure, Connie. So happy to be here. You know, you 
you see a lot of clients and, you know, you see them for eating disorders, you see them for anxiety, depression. I've sent many of my patients to you. But I think probably one of the ones I'm most concerned about patients I've sent to you is couples who struggle with their relationships. Yeah. Can you share a little, you know, yeah. with, you're not going to give names, but of course, in terms of what do they come to you for? You know, whether people come to me for couples counseling or really anything, eating disorders, anxiety, or depression, truly at the core of it is that desire to have an emotionally intimate, meaningful connection with another. I think everybody craves that. We know that we need that. Research shows that when we have that, we live longer and we're happier. But at the same time, we all fear it, right? So we've got this conflict. I want to connect with you. I want you to know me. I want to be embraced. But I'm scared to death Mm -hmm. to risk to be seen, you know, and possibly rejected if I open up and I let you really see my soul. So I see that conflict over and over and over again. And what it ends up with is a crisis of really disconnection, right? Being even with somebody, whether you're married or in a long-term relationship, but not truly authentically emotionally connected. And we end up feeling alone. So I think that that is at the core of so many psychological disorders and definitely this sense of unhappiness and a lack of fulfillment in life. So how do you help couples like that? They've come to an impasse in their marriage. And it's scary. You know, the intimacy part is you let your guard down and they and we're never nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And yet you're ashamed. There's shame. There's guilt. There's all these things. And how do you how do you overcome that? What what do you you advise your couples? You know, if you think about it, to have one person in their life that's able to be healthy within themselves, to know who they are, to be strong enough to open themselves up fully, right, in life um, is hard enough, okay? To have two people that can do that at the same time with each other is really a difficult feat because we all have a backstory, right? We all have hearts that have been broken. We maybe have attachment wounds that have left us to feel like I can't really show you who I am. And a true partnership is about being able to, in a mutual way, open yourselves completely up and to share that in a safe and trusting relationship. So we have lots of work that we have to do. We have to work with you, um, the couple really as an individual. And then we have to work on the wounds that have happened in the coupleship. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times there are wounds over time that people are so ill-equipped to be able to heal that it builds up and builds up and builds up. And then you just have this big callus Mm -hmm. of mistrust and isolation within what's supposed to be your most intimate relationship. You know, what I've found and we've talked about is so essential is communication, mm. honest communication, mm-hmm. that when you stop communicating, it's it. When you don't want to talk about your feelings in a non-threatening way and sharing those, that's the toughest part, when they stop talking. You know, oftentimes I'm asked, what are the most important ingredients in a marriage? And certainly there are a number of them. You know, we have to have trust and vulnerability and certainly fidelity and Um, you know, the ability to come together in a really meaningful way. But if we don't have the ability to communicate, right, it's all going to fall apart because life happens to us all. Even if you are so in love and you're in love with somebody that is just the exact right person for you, we're still going to hit bumps. And if there's no way to communicate through those bumps in a healthy way, whatever core foundation is there is going to get whittled away over time. And that in love and that respect and that trust and that openness is going to start to close up. You know, one of the things I've noticed, and in my own life too, because I've been, I was married the first time for 29 years, went through a divorce, was briefly singled, and then fell in love with John and got married. We were married for nine years together, 11 is that relationships change as you do. Uh When I got married the first time, I was 23 years old. I was in um, medical school, 
I, I, I didn't, I never dated anybody. I married the only guy I ever dated. And he, it was his first marriage as well. And we were young. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you grow older in terms of your, your emotional behavior, uh, your life experience, your professionalism. And you, a lot of us say we outgrow our partner. You yeah. don't grow old together. Right. You grow apart. Yeah. What do you, rec- what happens in that case? You know, this is, you know, that. The question of commitment, right? Because everyone wants to be able to commit to somebody else. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. But the reality is, is that life hopefully is long. And within that life, you're not just one person, you know, you unfold and you change. And the same thing is true with a coupleship. The marriage that starts at one point 30 years later is very likely going to be different. And in an ideal situation, you're going to grow, even if it's in different ways, you're going to be able to communicate and still continue to have overlap. But a lot of times that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So we want to have a commitment to our partner and to our marriage, but we also want to have a commitment to happiness within that coupleship and happiness for ourselves. And so that takes a lot of really honest reevaluating and working throughout the different life stages. And sometimes that ends in the relationship growing together into the future. And sometimes that says, hey, this has been a beautiful stage of a really wonderful partnership, but we don't fit anymore. Right. And we need to be able to part ways so we can go into the next 30 years where we can honor ourselves and each other, but differently than where we were at 30 years ago. So that takes really an examination of your own feelings and honoring that. And what comes to mind, one of my patients, who's just a, just a lovely lady, who came to me about 10 years ago, and she had had such an unhappy marriage. She was close to being married 49 years. And her children knew how miserable. She spent most of her time away from her husband. And her daughter came up and said, this is interesting. Your daughter comes up and says, Mom, I'm going through a divorce. Why don't you divorce Dad and we'll just share, share an attorney? Wow. And so they did. Yeah. And she said, I, I, did, I did that for me. Mm-hmm. I did it for me because I couldn't do it anymore. And I always believe if one partner is unhappy in a marriage, it's impossible for the other one to be happy. Yeah. Right? Do you ever see that where the other one's like, I didn't know you weren't happy? Yeah. They're usually unhappy. Yeah, I think that that happens quite a bit. And, you know, I think that there needs to be a commitment on both parts to to evaluate and to be truthful about the level of fulfillment that's happening in that marriage. And if there isn't fulfillment, then how can we work on that? How can we work on that within ourselves? How can we work on that together in this partnership? How can we make our life joyous together? And sometimes someone's really committed to that, and sometimes the other person isn't committed. Sometimes they're both committed, but one's capable of that, and the other isn't, you know? Sometimes somebody, you know, life just affects them differently, and they just check out in life. So it's relationships are the most complicated aspect of life that we have. And we, we want them, we yearn for them, we crave them, and they're so very difficult. I think that if there's things that I want people to know about what creates happiness within a relationship, it's that it is a lot of work. We have to tend to our relationships and ourselves mm-hmm. on a regular mm-hmm. basis to create that happiness. And we can't buy into this fantasy that just because we're in love with someone means that that's going to be enough over time. Mm-hmm. We need that as a core ingredient, but that's not the whole story. And you're right. It's about work. I, I think of couples that struggle, and I always say, go get marital counseling. You know, don't go running to your divorce attorney. And actually, good divorce attorneys, the first question they will ask you is, can this marriage be salvaged before we proceed with any paperwork? Do you think it can be salvaged? Have you gone through counseling? Have you talked with your minister? Have you been seeing a therapist, marital counsel? you got to give it a try. Yeah. And there are couples where somebody refuses to go. I don't want to go. If you have to do that, we're going to divorce. And that's, that's already says, you know, how willing are you to commit? To, to helping this. Yeah. There are so many couples that feel like if we go to counseling, that means that this is irreplaceable or irreparable damage. Right. And what I tell couples is you don't want to come in crisis. 
you want to come at the very beginning of disconnection mm-hmm. so that we can work on getting you reconnected, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we wait too long when there's too much damage, there's layers and layers and layers of wounds that could have been corrected before, but sometimes it's just too late. From the ones you've counseled where they've actually you know, been committed to therapy, is there a percentage that you see go on and, and their marriage is salvaged? Yes, and I love it. I love helping couples to come back to each other, usually in a way that they have never known each other before. Mm-hmm. So many times people walk down the aisle and they have not had emotional intimacy. They don't even know what that is. And to me, that emotional intimacy is the glue that holds you together as you go through life's difficulties and aging and changing, right? If we don't have that, it's really hard to have that longevity. And most people don't even know how to get that when they walk down the aisle. One of the things that comes to mind as we talk is really the commitment part. And obviously, it comes to the point where your marriage, you can't salvage it. You're not going to change the other person. It's time to move on. But it's the point that you make that a priority you work at. And I look at my time with John. And when I was going through my divorce, and I, I call it the, the read the list date, which is January 20th. And it's been 12 years now where we met at Nordstrom Cafe. And we sat down and I asked him, what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. Before we even dated, what are you looking for? And he's, his answer was, I'm looking for a life partner, not a date, not a, you know, uh, not a, not a hookup. I'm looking for a life partner. And he asked me, what are you looking for? And I said, well, one of my friends said, you know what you don't want. You know what didn't work. If you ever want to be with somebody again, have in your mind the qualities of that person that you're seeking and don't compromise. And I know you talk about don't compromise. Don't make excuses. It is, you know, we want to come together in a relationship out of want, not out of need. Okay, we want to look at the other person and and just know that together um, you're just going to enjoy the experience of life, but that you don't need the other person to give you the experience of life. Right. Okay. I think too many times people do that and they connect with people that are not the right people for them. And it's out of need so that when there are problems, they're afraid to address it because they think if I address it, is this person going to leave me? Mm-hmm. You know, they don't feel like they're capable to stand on their own. And it's really an unhealthy dynamic. So I think, number one, we we can't settle. You know, we have to look across you know, to the person that you're going to partner with and know that that is your life partner, right? That that is somebody that you are going to want to be with forever and to do the work to be able to enjoy life together, not somebody that you feel I'm getting too old or, you know, they have maybe resources that I can't provide for myself. Therefore, I'm going to connect with them. Those are all the wrong reasons to couple with someone. Well, stand by. We're going for a quick break on Dr. Connie's House Calls, and we'll come back with Dr. Julian A. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are, at home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the President of the United States? 
My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano. This is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to Dr. Connie's House Calls on our February show where we're talking about love and relationships and what works and what doesn't work, but most of all, what's important. And I've got our amazing guest, Dr. Julian A. from A New Beginnings, who is a psychologist and expert in all aspects of emotional health um, and soul health. I call her the soul doctor. And we're talking about what makes marriages work, that it requires a lot of work, communication. And I was sharing that when John and I committed to being with each other, I was talking about my list of the qualities of my perfect mate. And I and you have to know what you're looking for. And you don't compromise. You don't sell yourself short. And you make it, you're honest about what you're looking for, that you're always communicating. And at that point, when he saw the list of the qualities of my perfect mate and said, I can do this, I can do this. And I had to admire somebody who had the courage to do that and the wit. And he made me laugh, which was on my list. Somebody who was smart and funny and self-deprecating, but also had a good heart. Sounds like John. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) And so we decided then that we would date, but I didn't kiss him or hug him. And then we made a deal. It's like a merger. We said, well, how are we going to make this work? We're both very smart people. He was married for 20, 21 years. I was married for 29. That's you know 50 years of marriage experience. How can we do this better? We're both smart people. What did we learn from what happened before? How can we avoid the things that didn't work? And how can we make it work? And so the things we talked about was we would be committed to each other in this relationship. We would be loyal and dedicated, that we would be each other's priority. We would be each other's biggest fan. We would always communicate. And one of the things we promised each other is that if we ever had difficulty with communication, we would seek help. Yeah, wonderful. It was never beneath us. It wasn't an admission of failure. It was we need help. Because, you know, you bring into any relationship experiences and and behavior that you learned from the previous. And then we did actually went through some initial counseling with a marital therapist who just relationship therapist because there are things that I had to let go of from previous relationship and he had to let go from his previous marriage that we had to move on, that we didn't bring it because every time he'd say, oh, let's go do this, he would cringe. And I said, why are you doing that? He goes, well, because my ex would cringe when I would suggest it. I said, well, I'm not going to do that. So, you know, it's, it's funny because if you think about it, who teaches us how to be healthy in relationships? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we, we, we are raised in our family of origin, and sometimes that's a functional system and sometimes that's a dysfunctional system. Mm-hmm. And then we're thrown together in, in love, you know, this, this really vulnerable um, sharing and, and weaving your, your lives together. And nobody teaches you how to handle conflict. You know, nobody teaches you how to talk about the difficult things that are important. Do you even have courses on that? I mean, they have all these dating apps and they have all the ways to find somebody, but do they, you know, they teach you all these skills. Are there any, how do you find, how do you make, how do you make good friends? How do you make decisions to find the right person in life? It's almost like, you know, kismet. Oh, you're just going to run into him. Well, how do you know? 
Well, and then I think what compounds that is that as you go through life and, and you get wounded in relationships because people don't have those skills, then you bring those wounds forward into the next relationship. And everybody does that. And if you don't have insight or you don't have the words to talk about that in your new relationship, there's this underlying kind of fear. And a lot of times we step in and we try to protect our hearts. We don't want to be as open. And then again, that leads to us not being as connected or as authentic as we could be, you know? Well, how does one, like our children, you know, we try... I mean, I never taught, we never taught our sons, how do you pick the right person? But in a lot of ways, I think we did. We, we made sure the things that, that they, they were, there was faith-based in that, there was education, there was loyalty, there was love of family, there was all these things that we ingrained as part of our culture. But then they're out in the real world. How do you, yeah. how do you train no, I think I think that all of those core values are really, really important. And then you also have to be able to teach your kids and your young adult children that when there is conflict, Mm -hmm. let's talk about the hard things. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about the conflict, but that doesn't mean that I'm rejecting you. Mm -hmm. I'm upset about the situation, but I am not not loving you. So it's safe Mm -hmm. to address conflict. For most of the time, we try to avoid conflict, Mm -hmm. anything that's uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. and therefore we don't resolve it. And again, it becomes these wounds that just build up and build up and build up. On the flip side of that, when we do go through difficulty in a relationship and we are vulnerable and the other person embraces that and we work things through, we are closer Okay, so it's it's this beautiful experience of a feeling even more in love with the other person, even safer Mm -hmm. than you did before. But that's on the other side of moving through the conflict. Right. If we avoid that, we never get that experience. And I think over and over again, that's what people tend to do. So being able to teach your children at a young age, let's communicate, let's go Mm -hmm. through conflict, let's see that there's a positive resolution. Mm -hmm. Let's allow you to be vulnerable. You can open up your heart and your spirit and your soul, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to disrespect it. I'm not going to misuse that information. You are going to be safe with me so that they can feel like they're safe with others. Right. I think that that's an extraordinary thing that we can teach our kids. Right. Because you're going to come, you know, the given in life is there's conflict, there's difficulty, there's failure, there's pain. Absolutely. You cannot bubble wrap your kids. Absolutely. But you can give them tools to to be resilient, to be strong, how to recover, and to learn, and to learn. It's like, that didn't work. Okay, I'll try something else. I'll see. I know. I'll, I'll just keep trying. I think another thing we can teach our children, and this comes into relationships, is You can value yourself, but you are still not the only one in the relationship, right? So we have to put ourselves in the equation of the relationship, but we do have to remember that that other person is there too. So there's kind of that balancing act of I'm going to support myself in my life, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to see you and I'm also going to respond to you because you're a priority. Mm -hmm. And then likewise, your partner is going to do the same thing for you. And that just feels beautiful. Right. You have to have a partner. It has to be – isn't one dominating the other – you have to be equal partners in that, in that deal. It's the merger of that, yes. of both personalities that respect and trust each other, yeah. but also share vulnerabilities. And John used to say, he would say, our foibles match. It's like things that are quirky for you, I love. And things that I do are, you know, people get on people's nerves. You don't mind it at all. Mm-hmm. You find it amusing. That That's the appealing part of yeah. that, yeah. you know, to let to, to accept that and to be loving of that. Yeah, And it absolutely. makes it special. Yeah. But it, it takes time to do that, isn't it? I, I look back and had I met John at 23, there's no way. We would have killed each other. It would be too aggressive. I was worried on my – focused on my career. He was doing the same. There was a reason in that particular time in life. I think that people rush into relationships too quickly. And it is because they feel like there's an expectation. I'm this age. I'm supposed to get married. They aren't comfortable – being whole within themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that another thing that we can teach our kids that goes forward into relationships is is be whole within yourself. Feed your own passions. Create your own joy in your own life. 
And then when you find a partner, hopefully that partner is going to share in that level of passion. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes around Valentine's Day, we talk about, you know, is it true? Is there really a soulmate or not? And I absolutely believe that we have soulmates. I'm going to say plural. I don't think that there's just one person out there in the universe. But I think it takes time to find that person, you know, because that's really somebody that can see you fully, can embrace you fully, has the same level of passion for life and sometimes the same interests that you can really go through life in this excited, just full, fulfilled way with. And I don't think anyone should settle without finding that. Right. right. Why, why would you? Well, how do you find your soulmate? What do you do? You go forward into life with who you are, with your soul, right? And you go forward into life with as little of fear as possible. Mm -hmm. Because if you're fearful and you protect yourself, your heart's going to be shrouded and you're not going to be able to connect with someone, you know, and, and, and their soul. So I think we have to know that vulnerability is really the risk of yeah. being wounded and rejected, right? Right. But on the other end of that, it it's also allows us to have the possibility of being loved. Right. And, and we have to be courageous in life, right? We can't be safe. If we're safe, we're complacent. And then you don't live. And then I you remember don't live. the prayer that I made and I had left my first husband. It's all alone. I had moved out into my own place. It was raining. It was in January here in Arizona. Oh, gosh. 12, 13 years ago. And I remember crying in my car. And I remember praying to God. And I said, Dear God, if you want me to be alone, I shall accept that. But if you want me to be with somebody, and I don't know who that is, send me somebody. Make it so obvious. Please, please have them cherish me. Uh-huh. I want to feel cherished. Yes. And then the next month, John showed up. Yes. And it was very obvious. It was, and it was like, in, in a lot of ways, an answer to a prayer. Yeah. It was the right time. I think we have to learn that while life is not perfect and there's all of these challenges, we also need to keep seeking joy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we can't settle because if we settle, guess what? That's what we're going to get. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be unhappy. Why you know? did I do? Or making excuses. And a lot of times your friends know. I have, I have fellow friends that, you know, somebody breaks up and they're like, oh, we wondered what you saw in him. What happened there? And it's your friends see it. You don't see it. Or if you're making excuses... You know, they all know. Your true friends know. Yeah. But you go back to the what helps your soul grow. And, and you know what? Your your soul knows it. I mean, when you when you are with somebody mm-hmm. that you're that lifts you up and you, and creates kind of this joy in your soul, you know it. Your soul also knows it when you're with somebody that that doesn't. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. where you feel kind of dead. Mm-hmm. You know, where mm-hmm. you're just not happy. And this question of commitment, you know, once you try and you try to work on that and work on that and work on that, if it's still in that same space, again, you've got to be courageous and go forward in life. And sometimes that means making changes to be able to find ultimately that love that you're looking for. So courage, you know, and a commitment to a soulful existence, to joy, to not settling and to working hard to find it, and then once you have it, to cultivate it and maintain it. And it's work, and you bring it out. It isn't only work with the other person, but it's work for yourself that that you seek always growing. You're not going to be the same person you were 25 years ago, that you're going to keep growing in your own self. And, and just seeing, asking, what's going to make me continue to grow spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, and all those things? And that's if, if there is a soul partner out there you're meant to meet, that person will allow you to be the best you can be, that you'll know in that way, yeah, that absolutely. you'll both be growing in that way. Yeah, absolutely. But it's a, tough, it's a tough thing. People think, oh, you're just going to run into them on some app. It's all different things. No, uh, I, I don't think it happens that way. Um, I think that you've got to be out living life um, do your thing. fully. Do, do the things doing you love thing. to do. Absolutely. Do the things you love yeah. to do. And then you'll meet because you have similar interests. The whole I was just going to say the best way to meet someone with similar interests is doing the things that you love. Because guess what? They're going to be in the same place, right? Yeah. And then going forward again with an open heart and taking that risk and being cautious. You know, I mean, you have to kind of look for signals and signs to see if this person is trustworthy or not of your heart. But but we we can't protect to the point of the fact that we stop ourselves from being hurt, but we stop ourselves from being loved. Mm-hmm. 
I think that that's a shame. I think a lot of people do that, and they walk through life mostly empty in their area of relationships. So as the audience is out there on, on, as we talk about love, what, what messages would you like to share with them as we, as we wrap this up, our, our February show? Never give up. Never settle for less. Know that it's not someone else's responsibility to bring love to you. It's also your responsibility to bring love to them, okay? Love is mutual, right? You both have to work on it. You have to love yourself. It's such a cliche, but you have to love yourself before you're capable of loving somebody else. And if there are wounds from the past, and we all have that, right? Any wounds from past relationships or family of origin, please work that through. Resolve that. There's no shame in that. And the only way we're going to move forward is to truly heal so that we can have an open and healthy heart. And you bring up such great points about it. One of the things I stress to couples that if you're really struggling, get help. You know, it's not a sign you failed. It's, it's a sign you're going to get some help and at least something's going on that you can do something to get better. That's the hope. Even it's a point where if you admit the relationship's over, that's a point where you're going to get some help for yourself and, and allow that to happen. You know, we go to specialists to learn all sorts of different kinds sure. of things. We go to school to be able to learn. And why wouldn't we go to somebody when we're trying to learn how to have a healthy emotional process, how to have healthy relationships, you know, how to have the best life possible. I wish that they didn't call it necessarily help, like something is wrong with you. I wish that there was some, you know, just being the best that you can be. And that should be the commitment that we all have to ourselves and then to others in life. Well, with that, Dr. Julian A. just finished our February show about doing what's best for yourself, your soul, the people around you. And we wish you great love and joy in the month ahead. Take care, and we'll talk to you next month. God bless. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week.